free will, our freedom to choose for ourselves, is at the heart of our sense of being human. How we think about free will affects everything from responsibility and criminal justice to laziness and poverty to seemingly ordinary choices like what I'll have for dinner. Free will is, of course, the power to select from options for ourselves, unencumbered, unrestrained, uncaused, to be the author of our own thoughts and actions. Today, let's interrogate this. What does this really mean? In front of me, I have some options. Playing a video game, eating some cake, filling out this job application, and reading this book. What does my freedom to choose between them consist in? I could write or think through a pros and cons list for each option and pick that way, for example. I could choose to eat the cake and play video games for the following reasons. I'm hungry, I'm tired, I've already worked hard today. I have a genetic weakness for sugar, but I've eaten healthily all week. Oh, and it's my birthday. We can say that each of these reasons top the reasons for working, and so I chose freely from that option. But is this really free will? Have I really chosen for myself? These are all facts, information, feelings, mental states, and observations that have pushed me towards eating the cake. But they are all causes that have affected me. They've all appeared in my conscious reflection. None of them are, in that moment, choices within my control. So where's the freedom? In fact, all of my choices are the effect of causes that have come before. The entire universe and us within it is determined by the laws of cause and effect. If the entire universe is determined by cause and effect, then all of my choices have causes that precede me. Everything we do is moved by previous states of affairs in the universe. We are like snooker balls, knocked around by our genetic inheritance, by our environment, our education, the social and political conditions that we're born into, by the conversations we happen to have had, and the YouTube videos we happen to watch. Good choice, by the way. But where is the free will? Every effect has a cause that precedes it. Every choice has a cause. Even if the choice seems random, even if there are no real good reasons that I can discern, even if it's a choice between eggs and soup for lunch and one is as good as another, I'm still just rolling the dice. Where is the free will? Where is the freedom in that? Cause and effect is a fundamental law of the universe, and as the psychologist B.F. Skinner says, a small part of the universe is contained within the skin of each of us, 
there's no reason why it should have any special physical status because it lies within this boundary. To discover where that freedom is, we must find a place in our psychological makeup that escapes this law of cause and effect. We have to find a free place that is uncaused by anything, that is truly free. We have to become prime movers, unmoved, the masters of our own choices, personal gods. Now, you might be thinking, but I still have desires, I still have appetites and likes and dislikes, they're mine, they're within me, they're the source of what I freely choose for myself. Yes, responds the philosopher Paul Edwards, but quote, we must go on to ask where they come from, and if determinism is true there can be no doubt about the answer to this question. Ultimately, our desires and our whole character are derived from our inherited equipment and the environmental influences to which we are subject at the beginning of our lives. It's clear that we had no hand in shaping these. Now, you might say that the freedom was here, at this very moment, the moment I chose to eat the cake and play the video game. Well, I lied. It's not my birthday at all. I should have been filling out the job application. And I had the free will to choose between them. And I chose poorly because I have no willpower and I don't care. I could have chosen to exercise. I could have chosen to have gone and do some work instead of eating the cake and playing the game. But I don't care. Surely willpower, our free choice not to steal, to work hard, to do the difficult but good thing, to not lie and cheat, to resist our weaker, baser impulses and desires, surely that is the source of our free will. I control it. It's the source of my personal responsibility. Surely I, here, am in the driver's seat. In fact, free will as a philosophical problem is not particularly interesting if I'm picking between dinner options at random, rolling the dice. When we say he should have been filling out the job application or I should have been working out and keeping fit. In fact, in their survey of the topic, philosophers Michael McKenna and Dirk Paraboom define free will like this. Free will is the unique ability of persons to exercise the strongest sense of control over their actions, necessary for moral responsibility. So free will, really, is about willpower and moral responsibility, making the correct, whatever that means, ethical choices. I think there are two ways in which we can further explore what this means. One is historical, the other is philosophical. Let's start with the historical. Okay, so the world is determined. The way I throw these dice and how they land is determined by the precise movements in my muscles, the position of each dice in my hand, the friction of the table, etc. 
So what could free will possibly mean in this world? In a landmark 1962 paper, the philosopher P.F. Strawson changed how this question was approached. In Freedom and Resentment, Strawson argues that free will is not about cause and effect, but is bound up in how we react to one another, how we blame, forgive, praise, admire, respond to and recognise each other's language, actions, needs, and so on. Free will then, as it historically developed as a human concept, is really about should. He should have done this. I should have done that. It's about oughts, shoulds, ethical action in the world. Strawson writes that the central commonplace that I want to insist on is the very great importance that we each attach to the attitudes and intentions towards us of other human beings. He says that our demand for respect, love, belonging and recognition means that we unavoidably resent people when we've been treated in ways we dislike or are unhelpful, and conversely and unavoidably praise others when we're treated well. He calls this our reactive attitudes. Imagine someone treating us, or a friend, poorly. We might say they didn't mean to, or they were unaware of what they were doing, or it was an accident and quickly forgive them. We might say they weren't themselves, or were stressed, or they'd been misled. In these cases, the resentment we feel towards them for treating us or someone else poorly quickly falls away. But for various reasons, self-protection, reputation, care for ourselves and friends and family, Sometimes we have a reactive attitude of resentment and hold the other person morally responsible. We approve and disapprove of others' words and actions in the world. And this, quite simply, is the source of how free will likely developed as a concept. We say they should have done otherwise, they had a choice, they were right or wrong. Free will only really exists in a relationship with the wider cultural, social and political landscape out in the world. We also make demands of ourselves based on these reactive attitudes. We feel obligations based on our relationships, based on how we're received in the world. We have complex feelings of guilt, remorse, shame things that motivate us towards, say, filling out the job interview rather than lounging around. Strawson writes, The central point is that the practices of holding someone morally responsible for blameworthy or for praiseworthy conduct must in some way make reference to the sorts of emotional responses the behaviour is liable to elicit or to render appropriate. So, Let's return to that historical and philosophical moment where I chose to eat the cake. What will arise is a situation where there will be a social reactive attitude of disapproval because I didn't do the socially useful thing. I lacked the appropriate amount of willpower. So, what is willpower? 
what would it have taken for me to have chosen differently here? The ancient Greeks called a lack of willpower akrasia, a weakness of the will, a lack of self-control, an absence of some type of strength. Plato likened our souls to a chariot being drawn by two different horses. A white horse, reason, pulls the soul upwards towards applying for that job. The black horse, appetite, pulls it down towards laziness, hedonism, and greed. But as Socrates believed, it wasn't a lack of willpower, but a lack of knowledge that made people choose poorly. Plato wrote that, quote, when people make a wrong choice of pleasures and pains, that is, of good and evil, the cause of their mistake is a lack of knowledge. What being mastered by pleasure really is, is ignorance. So what it actually would have taken me to resist the urge to eat the cake is different information. That it's really not good for me. That I'm one cake away from having a heart attack. That this job application, this job, is the one that's going to net me that dream job. But there is also my condition in that moment. When someone says his willpower was not strong enough, there's the assumption of some kind of weakness. So what would it have taken for this willpower to be stronger, for me to have made the right, the correct, the quote, ethical choice? Desires, temptations, cravings, the wrong choices are often imagined as if they're pressuring us, bearing down upon us, forcing us, drawing us in like a magnet, that willpower is like a muscle that has to use strength to resist. And it's clearly true that if we think of willpower as a muscle, we can conceive of it as being weaker or stronger from time to time, from person to person. So the question becomes, what makes it stronger or weaker? What could I have done before making that choice to strengthen it? Maybe I was tired, exhausted even, and so weaker. Maybe I didn't think through my choice properly. Maybe I should have reflected more. Maybe when I glanced at the application, I found it difficult because there were questions I couldn't answer. Maybe this was the 20th application I'd filled out. Maybe I lacked confidence. What we find when we analyse the concept of willpower is that it's really just more contextual information, more background conditions that influence that decision, more of those previous causes that precede us. If I'm happy, healthy, there are good prospects for a job, I'm well educated, say, well, guess what? My willpower is suddenly strengthened a bit more. So willpower just consists in being in a certain healthy condition, in having the right genetic makeup maybe, but that's still out of your control, and being in a healthy social and cultural and political context of knowing the correct information to get the job done, whatever it is. How are you at fault if you lack vital information? If you live in poverty with no prospects, 
if I have a genetic predisposition towards sugar. As the rationalist philosopher Baruch Spinoza argued, my free will in air quotes impulse to eat the cake rather than fill out the job application will only be reversed when the free will in air quotes impulse to fill in the application becomes stronger than the impulse to eat the cake. If we find ourselves in a favourable biological state with favourable knowledge in a favourable context, the likelihood of us making the right decision, that willpower, goes up dramatically. Does this mean that how we talk about freedom and responsibility doesn't matter? No. If consciousness is floating over the edge of a waterfall, watching the water of life fall over, floating barrels of thoughts, passions and experience appearing on the horizon of the mind, crashing and colliding with one another in the rapids, then falling over the edge, turning into action. Then we have no control over what comes and goes, what appears and disappears. However, that doesn't mean that the perspective on the waterfall, its flora, and fauna, the shape of it, are floating above it where we're looking, what hits us and what doesn't, doesn't matter, doesn't have meaning. How we think about, interpret and talk about the waterfall of free will and responsibility still matters, but the perspective widens, the cultural, social, political and economic context of the waterfall matters. So if we want to strengthen the social glue, the responsibility, the willpower that is philosophically central to the idea of free will, then free will is inevitably a political concept. If willpower is like going to the gym, then you're more likely to be successful if you're well-fed, watered, healthy well-educated and employed with enough hours left over to be energised too. So we want to strengthen that context of social willpower, making sure the resources that make us all stronger are as widely dispersed and of higher quality as possible. Thank you as always for watching and a huge thanks of course as always to my Patreons without which this just wouldn't be possible. So if you want to see scripts, if you want to chat in the Discord server, if you want your name in the credits but most of all if you just want to help support make this content then click the link in the description below. If not you can like, you can share, you can leave a comment, all those things that help the algorithm. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time.